Welcome to Broad Ideas. Hi, guys. Hey. First, I want to just say that we recorded with our guest pre-strike, so anything mentioned was prior to that, just in case I needed to say it. But today, we have Anna-Sophia Robb. She is an actor, a model, and a singer, um, I think that people may know her from. Bridge to Terabithia, Soul Surfer, The Way Way Back, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, but a project closest to my heart, known as Jumper. <laughs> and we have her on today, and let's get to it. Sometimes when... Talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. Yeah, the little people club. That's right. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm 5'2. Oh, you are 5'2. Oh, okay. Yeah, same, we, same yeah. height. We are yeah. the same. It's just so <laughs> funny because you played the younger me in a movie many years ago. I know. Which is. So funny. I mean, obviously, blonde hair, blue-eyed beauty over here playing this person. <laughs> also, brown-eyed, brown-haired beauty. Oh! And also of the, of the same. Where I think I was smaller at that time, although I was tall for my age, and then I just stopped. But you were a teenager, right? You were so young. I think I was 13. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So, yeah. So, we were filming the movie Jumper, and originally, Teresa Palmer was uh, yes. playing my part, and you were playing Teresa Young. And that's Young. I got cast. <laughs> but you're so wonderful and beautiful and talented that even though they changed, you know, characters because Teresa, you know, was a little young, I think they thought, I don't know. Anyway, but then they couldn't recast you because of your talent and you had to wear contacts and like do the whole thing. I don't right? even think, I don't think that was the case. I think that maybe that film went so over budget and we had already filmed like half of my stuff that they just thought <laughs> it would be cheaper no. <laughs> to put a wig on me. No. I was like, this is crazy. They did. It was the first, like they CGI'd my hair color in like did a couple of really? the scenes. Yeah, they did. I got to rewatch it. I know. Yeah, I, haven't I haven't seen, seen it in that so movie. Long. Same. Oh Same. my gosh. Yeah, I but I remember when they had to put contact the whole thing. But it was it's just so funny and so cool though that <laughs> that yeah, happened. Because you guys don't look alike. Not really. You no. look more like Teresa Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so happy I got to play the younger you. Oh my gosh. That was so <laughs> Are you kidding? I am so honored. Yeah. Um, but we're so happy to have you here talking with us today. I'm happy to be here. I know. I totally like slid into your DMs so long ago. I was like, hello. <laughs> and I'm the worst. I mean, I think for this day and age, I really need to make a much more conscious effort of being on social media and like checking things <laughs> because you messaged me so long ago and I just like, I don't know if they had updated it 
I don't know how I found this message because I follow you. Like, I don't know what happened. And suddenly there is your message from like six months ago or maybe even last year. I don't know. And I was so, this has happened to me so many times. It's so embarrassing. I was impressed though. I was impressed <laughs> that it was like buried out from beneath. But I was just so happy that you did see it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> what, I'm curious because you didn't see it for so long. What is your relationship with social media? Um, hmm. What is my relationship with social media? Well, I downloaded threads. Me too. Did you do anything on it though? I posted one thing. I'm just sort of like waiting to see. I'm hoping it's a more verified and positive and informational place. I personally enjoyed Twitter. Like I wouldn't tweet, but I enjoyed using it to get information. And mm-hmm. then it kind of just turned into like a chaos place. Yeah. Rachel's been in Canada, so she doesn't know anything that's happened. No, in the what last is thread? I have no <laughs> idea. She didn't what know about t- Jonah Hill. <laughs> I have no okay, idea. So what I'm you're doing about. better than Rachel yes. in my relationship with <laughs> social media. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's Instagram's version of Twitter, basically. Oh. But, They've introduced a, like a new app that's through Instagram. But it's not on Instagram. No, you had to, you had to download a new app, right? Yeah, but yeah. they're they're paired together. They're paired together. So you just click on it and it takes you. And then you can take your whole profile and just kind of move it over there. But it's text-based instead of images, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, but you can also put images. So what's the, um, so uh, you know. I think the difference is it doesn't live there like Instagram does, right? It's more like Twitter in the sense that like or you Snapchat, put it out. Snapchat where and, it goes away? No. No. It's not okay. like Snapchat. I'm stop guessing. But... <laughs> It's basically, I think that it's just a response to what has happened to Twitter. And I think like the um, that Elon Musk is, you know, you have to pay and there's uh, a lot of like negative, I think all the negativity and all the misinformation that's happened on Twitter, I think Threads is trying to be like a response to that. It's kind of like Zuckerberg is like going to fight Elon Musk and this is also how he's fighting him. Yes, this is the starting point of their cage match. <laughs> yes. Got it. This is like the online cage match. But 100 million people signed up in the first five days. Yeah, five days. That sounds like a lot. It is. Did you feel, <laughs> I'm curious, because I felt a little bit like uh, it was a very conscious herd mentality click for me. It was like, oh, okay, I'll just download this. I didn't put too much thought into it. I just did it. Did you put thought into it or were you just like, oh, we're doing this? Um, No, I put thought into it in the fact that like I was like, I don't want somebody to take my name, you know? Oh, got it. Before, I mean, I think really when I was doing a lot of work when I was younger and especially in high school, online, like Facebook really became a thing. Mm. And there was a lot of negativity around that and misinformation. So I'm, like, very suspect of social media. Like, I think I had a keep-it-at-arms-distance approach because, like, during Race Twitch Mountain and Soul Surfer and, you know, I was in high school and there were so many, like, online trolls and people acting as other people Mm. that the first thing I think about when something new comes out is I was like, I got to make sure I protect my friends and my family and I got to make sure no one's impersonating me, which is such a bummer. Right. Of course. Um, Yeah. But that's why I downloaded it. Um, Yeah. It was mainly for that purpose. And then I was also like, 
I don't like Twitter. <laughs> I'm not about it. Right. I don't like <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I never I never had Twitter. So I'm really guys, I'm really golden girling it today. But you know, you have been acting for so long. And how old were you when you first started? Nine. Nine? nine. My daughter's eight, eight and a half. Oh so my gosh. I can't even imagine. what. How did you get started? Like, how, how was the beginning for you? The beginning, my mom said that I wanted to act since I was like two. Like <laughs> I would point at the TV, didn't quite understand what it was. And then I wanted to be in acting classes, blah, blah, blah. And she found out about something, I think, when I was like eight. And so I signed up for this intensive in Denver, and it was a three-month course, and I loved it. Wow. Like, it, but it was with all grown-ups, and she, she didn't really realize that, fighting me up. <laughs> um, and at the end of the three months, LA agents and managers, as they do, they, you know, you have like a little showcase. And then they asked if we would come out to LA for pilot season, and I was an only child, and my mom was like, well, I guess if, you know, one door opens, we might, you know, we all had a conversation and figured my, and my school said that they would, this is when fax machines were around. <laughs> yeah. They didn't email. They faxed me my homework. <laughs> um, and we went out and I got a McDonald's commercial. I remember I had so many auditions. I never got anything. And then my first thing was a McDonald's commercial. Did you have to yeah. eat a ton of prop food? <laughs> yes, so many chicken McNuggets. Like I, I actually don't think I can eat them anymore because I have such a. I was gonna ask. Yeah. yeah, when you have to be forced fed hundreds of McNuggets, <laughs> how you are with yeah. them today? <laughs> and it was for the Bratz dolls. Do you remember the Bratz oh, dolls? Of are they still around? They're so. They were so much. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for Barbie. I love both. Yeah. I was a big doll girl. Were you doll girls? Oh, yeah. Huge doll girl. How were you? Were you like American Girl dolls at all? Did you get into those? I mean, I was an American Girl doll, but they were yeah. so expensive. I didn't actually have an American Girl doll until I was in the movie. Which? Who were you? How do I not know this? I was Samantha. What? I know. Again, again with the brown hair. Yeah. Okay. I don't look anything like her. Now this is making so much sense because like I was always like, <laughs> oh, I'm Samantha, clearly. And you you played Samantha and you played me. There we go. Full circle. Okay. I, I can't believe that. That is so cool. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've loved all of the, um, actually, this last Halloween, I had my mom send me, she had the Samantha dress like yeah. hanging in the closet. And it was that meme account, the American girl. Did you see all of those memes? Like They're Felicity. Absolutely. Wait, I, I follow it. I think what's I can't think of the handle. It's like Felicity. There, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Is, is that it? the one you're talking there's, about? Yeah, they're so funny, and it's obviously Samantha's like the total. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast. Oh, fuck but, yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, she's like the total bitchy no, one. The first thing that came up, Felicity Merriman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and it says the American girls react to threads. See, if I only looked at my Instagram, I might be up with current <laughs> culture. See, guys? I mean, you're you're busy. You're doing <laughs> a lot of things. Okay, um, sorry. Go ahead. But I, I dressed up. I wore my dress because um, I thought it was funny. And it still fits, which, again, I was tall for my age, I guess. Amazing. How old were you when you did that? Yeah. I think I was 11. 
11. And what are your thoughts on that? I'm curious to hear, because <laughs> um, my son is always pestering me to act. Yeah. And I would love to hear your experience having had such great success. And it seems like not just success in the films you've made and television shows and stuff, but it seems just based on what media shows us that you're well. <laughs> you know, well. that you came out well. <laughs> like, would you let your child act? What was your relationship yeah. to that? What do you think kept you grounded? All of it. Well, thank you, first of all. Um, I mean, I have talked a lot of, with my therapist about this. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a great to discuss. I mean, I think my uh, my parents did a really good job. My dad had a, a friend growing up, and he worked as an actor and had a really rough time. And so they were really hesitant. They were really nervous. So they were always checking in with me of, like, if I was happy. I don't think I appreciated really until after graduating college, probably the pandemic. I didn't appreciate the consistency or quality of work that I was fortunate enough to get. Like what I experienced was incredibly unusual mm -hmm. and unique. And, you know, it's such a tough business and it's just gotten crazier. But I think would I let my kids act? Eh, no, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I would, I would, put them like in college, I finally started to experience theater because I lived in New York and I was doing a show and there were a bunch of theater actors and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so I wish the like craft approach was something that I had more when I was younger or mm -hmm. had sort of like the freedom to rehearse and make silly plays or bad musicals with friends. <laughs> Because I think that's a really important part of being an artist. Mm -hmm. And it definitely gave me an advantage, like having such a long career. I wouldn't change anything now. But I think if, if my kid wanted to act, I would be like, all right, let's put you in some musical theater. Let's make sure you're, you know, doing all of these other things as well. Right. Because I, I really valued my education, like set tutors, God bless them. But like... I was such a nerd and I really missed being in school mm. and I like mm -hmm. missed the variety of teachers that I had. So it was always a decision of like, do I want to be in school or do I want to do this movie? Which is so bonkers, like <laughs> looking back, so, so bonkers. But I, that's also why I went to college is I was like, oh no, I really want to get my degree. I want to learn. But I think I made it too much of a binary. Like, I think I switched like academics and performance and film and I, more, I kept them separate. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had combined them mm. more in school. I didn't really figure it out until my senior year. Oh, wow. Of college. Wow. Yeah. What did you major in? Um, I went to Gallatin, where you create your own major at NYU. Um, mm -hmm. And I loved it. I had a really great experience. And so, Everybody has these funky, weird names. Um, I can't even remember. Mine was like rehearsing the something. It was like philosophy and drama and dramaturgy and a lot of Greek tragedy. And I loved <laughs> it. It was great. But I wish 
I also was like thinking about work and I was working in between and Gallatin was really flexible. I did this movie in Spain and I studied Spanish literature. I did like a Civil War TV show and I did a whole report on like feminism during the Civil War and the South because we had, it was PBS. So we had all these like, oh. researchers so I could talk to all of these professionals, wow. which was great. But yeah, I wish I had, I don't know gotten a little bit more messy. I think it was like too much. I had been in the industry for too long. I thought there was sort of a lockstep. And as we all know, it doesn't really work like that. Right. Right. See, hearing all that, I'm like, I want to go and I want to go to college. And I want to like... Same. I miss school. So, I mean, I guess I'm like, Joy, I could sign up for online classes. I think about it all the time. Yeah. It is kind of time consuming. Yeah, Totally. (laughs) I, I, I know it is time consuming. I think the same thing. Like I read, maybe you should talk to someone. And I was like, I want to take a course on psychology and like get into the human brain and like, you know, and it's something I want to yeah. do. Of course, I haven't done it, but I just think that there's so much, I don't know, you can never stop learning. And I, I like that if you can just do it on your own accord too, and it's not like so regimented because that doesn't work for my brain. But anyway, I think yeah. that's super cool and impressive. And And, you know, for me growing up, like my parents were always like, you can be a kid and do school once you graduate, at least high school. You know, if you want to pursue this, you can. And yeah, I think that was, you know, good. And But it's really about your support system. And you're saying you had such a good support system with your parents. And that really does make a difference. And, you know, you are very grounded and, and it does show in how you carry yourself and, and everything else. And you've had such an incredible career. Um at your young age so far, like, it's crazy all that you've done. And you have so much (laughs) more to do. I mean, it's really, like... Time flies. Time, I'm, like, I'm approaching 30, and I'm, like, what is happening? (laughs) Broad Ideas is supported by Blissey. Who knew that a better pillowcase is all you need for better sleep? Let's talk about staying cool throughout the night and waking up with hydrated skin and hair. Sleep better this summer with Blissey's award-winning 100% mulberry silk pillowcases. Blissey pillowcases are made of 100% mulberry silk, which is naturally hypoallergenic, so you can sleep more comfortably without itching or rashes. It is so good for those with allergies. And unlike any other silk pillowcases, these are of the highest quality silk and are machine washable, durable, and even have a zipper to hold your pillow in place. I am such a fan of these pillowcases, not only for myself, because my hair tends to get a little frizzy and it helps keep things under control, but my daughter gets the worst knots. And ever since we started using these Blissey pillowcases, I do not have to do the knot battle every morning. Blissey silk pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. They have over 1.5 million raving fans and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com slash Rachel and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash Rachel and use code Rachel to get an additional 30% off. Sleep cooler this summer with Blissey. Broad Ideas is supported by Mosh. I have a pretty busy lifestyle between my child and work and house and cooking and all of the things. So it's really hard to maintain a wellness routine to keep it on track. But guess what? If you're busy and constantly on the go like me, you need to try Mosh. It's a protein bar made for your brain. 
with six delicious flavors each. Mosh Bar includes 12 grams of protein and is made with ingredients that support brain health like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh Protein Bars are the guilt-free snack your brain and body will crave. Your brain is your number one tool, which is why Mosh Protein Bars were mindfully formulated by some of the top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. I love Mosh Bars because they taste good. You know how many times I've tried a protein bar and I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this. Mosh bars, the peanut butter crunch, that one's my favorite. I am a sucker for peanut butter and they're delicious. So don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. Head to moshlife.com ideas to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack which includes all six mouth-watering flavors at M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash ideas. What is happening? Approaching 30 and newly married within the last year, right? Like yeah, you're coming up yeah. on your first anniversary yes. September, right? Yeah, in September. Wow. Well, I was looking because I was obsessed with your wedding and the look and everything. So, of course, I went down a rabbit hole. The dress. Oh, my God. Oh, gorgeous. dress. Speaking of which, the dry cleaners that I brought my dress to afterwards lost my dress. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, Madame Paulette. I will call them out because (gasps) they lost my dress for like months and months and months. Are you kidding? They found it, though. They found it, and then I was out of town, and they just found it dropped. Thankfully, my neighbor picked it up. Are you kidding? No, but I was like, I was freaking out. Listen, madam. Yeah, that's unacceptable. That is not chill. I know. It's not chill. But I was so, I was like, this is kind of crazy. That is Uh, beyond crazy. But the dress was beautiful. Beautiful. I know. But I also thought, I was like, what am I going to do with my wedding dress again? I wish you could wear those things I know. More I know. often. I, know. I agree. I love my wedding dress. You can. Yeah. Yours was Yeah, I think more... you guys should. Yeah, you should just yeah, do we it. Should. Just we should. We should just We do should have it. a party. That's we what should. we should do. Yeah. And just wear wedding dresses. I think yeah, you should make a so fun. statement and wear it on a red carpet. Like, listen, this is economical. It's recycled. And I can wear it again. And it's gorgeous. Right? Yeah. Kate Middleton. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah? true. I wanted to do like a separate so that I could re-wear, mm. but it was just the way the structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Danielle Frankel did my dress and she was like, oh, that's all well and good. But basically like, no, I don't know how to tailoring works. She's like, I don't think I love just keep she it has one. such makes such <laughs> cool, you know, just unique wedding gowns. I mean, I've always Doesn't been obsessed she? with wedding dresses. I've never worn one. We we talk about this sometimes, but <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> we talk I just about love this them. daily. Yeah. Just, just wear one. Just wear, oh, yeah. Need, oh, yeah. You don't need to I'm get like, married you know, to wear a wedding dress. Rachel from Friends. I and mean, you're just going to sit around in a dress and open the door and say, well, I do. And just do that. <laughs> you, should, you should try wearing one on your next date. Your first date, wear <laughs> That's a wedding dress. That's what she does. Tate Donovan, who plays yeah. Joshua, she opens to go on a date and she's like, well, I do. And she's in a wedding dress. And anyway, <laughs> not to go on a date, but he goes over. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to do that. Joshua. See Joshua. how they react. Joshua. See how I they think react. That's great. Well, my favorite part about Danielle Frankel is that she makes dresses like just everything she does is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even if it's not like a wedding, wedding dress, you could wear 
another actual one of her wedding dresses. Right. But for any event. Right. At any given moment. Just don't wear it to someone else's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're really good friends and you've gotten clearance. <laughs> Wait, what do you guys think of that, though? Because I did just see Haley Bieber wear a white dress to someone's wedding. Was everybody wearing white? White wedding? Or what do you mean? No. And she got called out for it or something? That's why you've seen it? I, I mean, that's why I saw it. Because they were like, she made a bold move and wore a white dress to a wedding. And I thought, huh. I mean, I feel like I like it. Like, I was always like, I would want my bridesmaids in white, too. Like, I just think white's pretty. And I feel like it's a weird, you know, sometimes like all these old traditions and people just abide by them still. And you're just like, why? Like, I feel like why not be able to wear white? I'd be fine with that. Yeah, why not? How do you feel about it? I feel like she's a tasteful lady. I feel like she wouldn't have done that unless... Maybe it was cleared or... or, Yeah. There was a reason. I agree. I thought the same thing. I'm like, there's something behind it. Like, it wasn't just like, I'm going to come and steal your thunder. (laughs) Yeah. People are always going after her. I'm like... I know. I don't don't understand. Like, she's just trying to live her life. Yeah. It's cruel what the internet does to people. It's really cruel. So cruel. Oh, I saw the best play last night. It's called The Doctor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is anybody in New York? No. No. I'm going to do a terrible job explaining it. But (laughs) it's about this doctor who makes a call, basically. Like, she, it's a battle between science and religion. And it basically contains, it, like, brings up everything. It brings up gender. It brings up politics. It brings up bureaucracy and money and all of these and social media and everybody's opinions but I Mm. thought it was one of the best plays about experts and then the opinions of people who don't know what they're talking about (laughs) having an opinion and then it really like changing the dynamic Mm -hmm. of what somebody is able to do like if they're trying to help people but then also how problematic certain individuals are and like it's really about implicit bias and being a doctor and how you're not just a doc, like you're not just your job. But I thought it was one of the best. Um, it's also adapted from a play that was written in 1912. Whoa. Which is crazy. Wow. crazy. I need to read the original play. But like, I just thought it was such a good way of talking about echo chambers and like how to move forward mm. and just how complicated it feels right now. And I thought it was really interesting that it was written in 1912, just before the onset of like the world wars Mm -hmm. and how we're also sort of at this like Mm -hmm. juncture point where everything's in flux. Oh my gosh, I want to see it. They have recordings of it because I think it was at the National Theater. And sometimes you can get like online, which isn't the same, but better than nothing. I can read it. Yes. Also that. Yeah, but the original, yes. I'm really curious to see the comparison from 1912 to, you know, transforming it yeah. into current with all of the things. And, you know, you grew up in a religious family, right? Like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And are you still? I am. Yeah. I don't. Yes. It's weird. I'm like, yeah, I grew up Lutheran. Mm-hmm. I still love Lutherans. Mm-hmm. Very progressive mm-hmm. people, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't regularly go to church as much anymore, but yeah, will of God. <laughs> but I also am fascinated by religions in general, and I wish I knew more. I really don't know nearly enough. I'm very curious. 
Yeah, like I don't know that much about Lutherans. You know, it's a branch of Christianity. Yeah. But I don't really know the belief system behind it or if they are progressive, like what. But I am always intrigued by the beliefs and, you know, the collaboration and and all of that. They're very like, well, I guess it also kind of depends on which one you're in. But like totally believe in like female leadership and the LGBTQ community like is empowered and— I get confused because there's so many branches. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't yeah. quite understand how everybody gets divided up. Right. Like, that right. really confuses me. And so I know there's certain, like, yeah, I'm making hand gestures yeah, for this like podcast so nobody can see it. <laughs> avenues and tunnels. But you were in, grew yes. up in a progressive household within this yeah. religion, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, because that was fascinating when I read about you growing up. Christian. And then when I looked at your social media, I saw a link to Planned Parenthood. And I was like, interesting, right? Because a lot of times you just assume if someone's religious, that they're going to have more conservative views on things. So I find your story really interesting as far as like, how did you grow up religious and how did that influence you being so open and supportive? Huh. I think it was, I mean, that was never really like, um, I guess a topic that we talked about, um, when I grew up, but it wasn't like, um, you know, my parents weren't like no sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, they lived in San Francisco in the eighties and went to art school. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I think it was really more it's like in college and taking classes, just realizing all of the battles that women had fought and mm-hmm. men too, to get our rights. Because I think that was also like a whole thing of like when Obama was elected when I was a freshman in high school. And so I think that sort of wave of being like, we've arrived, you know, like mm-hmm. everything's here we are and Gay marriage is so new, which is so crazy. And then I think watching all of that sort of be attacked and crumble and fall apart is like, oh, no, we're, this is like an everyday battle. Mm-hmm. And I think, and these are just my personal beliefs. I mean, I think what frustrates me is when people say that they're pro-life, it doesn't, everybody's different. I think people, again... It goes back to this play that I saw last night. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend. Um, Just about how people get labeled and categorized. And so I can really only speak for myself, but like I believe in a woman's right to choose. And I also think if you're going to be pro forcing a woman to have a baby, forcing a person to have a child, then you also need to have a system that is able to raise that child. Mm -hmm. And like that just seems so common sense to me. Mm -hmm. People focus so hardcore on like one issue and Mm -hmm. don't think about like the domino effect. Right. And it's just because of power, right? It's just because like people want power and they don't want people to have access to information. But I think the more you can have, I mean, I think I've felt, and I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but like, During the pandemic, everything was so tense and I felt so frustrated and angry and upset. And I just really realized 
that being angry can be a motivator, but it's never going to start a dialogue. It will just end a dialogue. <laughs> and so like looking at ways to be able to rage and be frustrated and sort of use that as like a catalyst, but then like realizing that if somebody's yelling at me, I'm not going to listen at all. It's so hard though. I'm like, sometimes there's just other people you're like, okay, it's your tag in. Like you have to have this conversation because I don't know how to have it without getting incredibly frustrated. Right. But that's, I guess, being raised Christian, continuing to be a Christian, but I'm like, you got to take care of people, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think too that Christians, I think it's a great example of it's not a one-size-fits-all approach and that there Mm -hmm. are different factors of that religion and there are different ways to engage in religion and that you're allowed to love God and also be open to X, Y, and Z. Like two things can exist at once. And I think that lately in this climate, it's been one or the other. Mm -hmm. Fully, yeah. And I don't think that's fair. No. And I also like, if you look at like Jesus as a teacher, he was all about like anti-establishment, right? like anti-religion. Like he got crucified because his beliefs were not what the status quo was because it was like loving people. It was hanging out with the wrong crowds. It was like all this all inclusives <laughs> yeah right and so it's like well what's this really like i don't know i just i also think i think the church has like on a whole has like really there's so many things that it's done well and i think there's always good and bad right mm-hmm. but like i think there's such a massive opportunity like i think with climate change like uh, the bible calls Christians in particular to be like stewards of the earth. They should be like the biggest environmental right. <laughs> advocates ever. Like ever. They should be like freaking out. And no. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, that's so confusing to me. I don't understand it. Um, but I guess that, so when you say, are you a religious person? I think, I, no, I'm like, no. I think of those as like rules set up by an institution. Mm-hmm. So you'd consider yourself more spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. But I also love, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, like I love, I love ritual. Mm. Like I love ritual. <laughs> I went to my first Seder and I loved it. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I want to try these meaningful foods. I want to say the prayers. Like, there's something holy, there's something like historical that I think brings people together. And I don't think we have enough ritual in our lives. Like, I think people really need that. Like, it's part of every culture, like community dance. Yes. We don't have that in cities. Like, people are just going to town in the clubs, which I love. (laughs) But like, if you're a 40-year-old woman, you know, it's like, it's just for young people. I went to this Um, Indian wedding and it was like all of these old people like 80 plus year olds teaching the younger generations like how to party how to celebrate (laughs) he's like old men on the dance floor dancing for six hours and I thought that is so beautiful that is so special I wish that that could be every weekend (laughs) 
I'm with you. Totally. We've been talk we talked about this recently about No way. Well, just like about being like is 40 the new 20 or you know, things like that where and I love that the elders, <laughs> if you will, were teaching the young ones how to party because like that's how it should be, right? Like all the experience yeah. and everything else and and I want to go. I want to party with these 80-year-olds. I mean, they're their knees. I was like, how <laughs> are they doing this? They're getting low. They're bending. They're getting like, low. I was like, your joints. I'm in awe. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm yeah. I and it's so true. You're like, oh, that's just for the 20 year olds, like clubs or whatever. And it's like, there is such a thing with like ageism, you know, in all of that in our society, in our business that we work in, you know. Yeah. How has that been for you guys? Like, what do you think? <sighs> Like, how do you see the business now? Like, what would you tell your younger self or what would be the biggest thing if you could change anything right now about sort of a status quo? What would it be? I mean, it's definitely tough to get older in any sort of spotlight, you know, where people are watching it happen. And there's like pressure, you know, cover those grays, do whatever. And it's just like, I don't know, as far as like what to change or, or God, there's just so much. And I think there's just so much that's messed up with the world and our world and, and, and how it's perceived. I mean, I don't know. I've been dealing, it's, <laughs> it's like, a big question. It, it is. is probably too. No, but it's like, you know, when you're like, okay, you're older, like what's changing in your body and what's changing in your mind and, and, and all of it that comes along with it. It's just like this crazy ride, you know, and like speaking about it now and Olivia and I are in our forties, Rob's in his thirties, but he's not a girl. Well, he can relate, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, and like you're 29 and you're, you know, heading into your thirties. It's just so crazy looking back at how different the world is though now, right? Like it's changed so much and everything's under a microscope in every way that if I could change anything, I would like things to loosen up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, for me, I have the exact kind of opposite experiences, you guys, whereas, you know, you got a lot of success very young and that was something I always felt like I wanted and didn't get. And I feel like now in my 40s, I feel like my job is to combat all the negative beliefs that go with, oh, you're too old or you can't do this now. I almost feel like it's my duty as a woman to prove that that's wrong Mm. and to really stand up and say, no, I've never felt better in my life. Like, I feel like I've just arrived. And I think it's up to women to not hold those standards against each other and say, you know, if you're in your 40s and you want to make something happen, follow your dreams. You can do it. You're not too old. And that beauty and success and all of that is not a monopoly for the young. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. I think also the people that I'm most inspired by are all older women. They're all like much older where I just think like, oh, it's, I don't know. 
I look at my mom and I see how much she's changed in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, you can always change. Right. Like you can always, yeah, your life can change and you can change. And and I almost feel like now more than ever, we have to. Like we have. You can't, it's an obligation. Like our society won't let you sort of stay. It's not really an option anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is scary, but also kind of probably a good thing. Yeah. Like you said, your mom's changed, you know, and, and I look at all my experiences now in my 40s and all of the things that have happened to cause change and to go through and makes you stronger and all these things. And I wouldn't take any of it back. And it's like you just keep growing and you do keep changing and physically and spiritually and mentally and all of it. And I am realizing, and I I feel like, you know, people have said it who are maybe a few years older than me that like, oh, your 40s, even your 50s, like it just keeps getting better and better. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. Which is great. And there's that side of it too, where you just keep learning and life experience and you're like, oh, I wouldn't trade this to go back to 20 ever. Mm -hmm. Like ever. (laughs) Both of you are moms, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you, I, I could imagine being a mom is really hard, but like, how did that, did you, do you feel like a totally different person? Like, do you feel like your whole, like, did it recalibrate your like values or interests or like, do you feel like life is not easier? Obviously it's probably not easier, but like, do you feel like it made making decisions easier? Oh, Making decisions. That's a whole. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I can't decide I don't how to make, answer I don't, this. I can't, <laughs> I can't decide that. <laughs> you, Lou, you want to take the child one first? Um, yes and no. So I think that I feel exactly the same in some ways where it's like almost like I'm a child that is now a mother. Yeah. Right. And then also I feel like it brings a at least in my experience, it brought a clarity on what matters to me in my life. And other things seem really insignificant and small. And it's like these human beings have come in and kind of woken me up to a greater purpose in my life, a hundred percent. But I definitely don't think it's gotten easier, at least in my experience, it's gotten harder in some ways, but the value I extract from that challenge is way more gratifying than anything I've ever been through in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you want kids? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't know when though. Yeah. <laughs> in a while. I'm not, <laughs> not quite there yet. Plenty of time. No. Now, I think it's like the greatest thing I've ever done is create this child. And of course, it changes you and it expands you and all of those things. It's also made me so fearful in so many ways. Like it brings up a lot of fear, too, that you have to combat, right? Like I can't help my my mind going there, you know, because these beings, you're like, if anything were to ever fucking happen to this being. Oh, my God. Like I would die. Like that's it you know, done. Like you can't, but you have to, you know, obviously train yourself or work with yourself to try to not go there. And it's hard as a parent, like for me to not go there, but you're just also like living life for this person and you're watching life through this person or these people. And it's the coolest experience ever because 
I mean, they're a part of you and they're seeing all these things for the first time. And there's just, it really is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm a fan. I'm a fan I'm of a fan. children and being a mom. I, 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 it's, it's really unique, you know, and I have a very special relationship with my daughter and she's like my little best friend. She's another, you know, a limb, all of it. Um, <laughs> but they teach you a lot. They teach you to be present, and she's really teaching me to try not to future trip and fear and all of it, which is <laughs> an active effort. It ain't easy. I think that's the one, like, that's the biggest thing that I think I've been gifted from having children is, like, my little one, because he's on a different trajectory, we don't know what that is yet, but he's literally handed me the lesson of like, can you just be here today uh, and not going forward in any way, shape or form? And I feel like that's kind of the biggest gift is like in any area, can we just be here today and do the best with what we're given, what our circumstances are and do it mm-hmm. and not future trip at all? Because there's no such thing as a future you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't exist. It's not there yet. No. I love a future trip. Is that like a term that I need to know? I it's a term. Yeah. Like, I've never heard about... it. I think they made it up. What? So what? Like, don't worry. It's a term. Pack your bags. We're going on a future trip. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. Worrying about, like, worrying about the future. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the time. But I like that framing. I like that new word. Phrasing. <laughs> Future trip. Loads of them. Yeah, it makes me feel less uh, cynical about a future trip. (laughs) Also, I don't know. I think maybe it's because it's summertime. I've been thinking less about the future because it is so slow, nice, and hot. Yeah. 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 It's like nice to step back and just be like, oh, be here now. Yeah. And relax a little bit. But normally, you know, in the colder months, that's me. (laughs) That's my brain all the time. (laughs) Yeah. It's an active practice to try to get your brain. To stay still and just be there. It's really, Aye. really hard. I have not mastered it, but um, future trip is... I, Lou, we didn't make that up, right? No. No, I know. I, I believe that you didn't. Oh, I'm well, okay. wrong. Oh, because he doesn't believe that we could? Yeah, he's <laughs> no, like, no. there's no way they are like... Us, us younger folk just don't know the term. It's fine. <sighs> I know, you youngins. We haven't read enough books on this stuff. Yeah, you're teaching us. I do have a question. So... One of the questions I wanted to ask you was um, like what your biggest discipline in life is. And then hearing you talk about how you love different, I'm the same, obsessed with all the different religions because of the ritual, community, all of it. I love it. What are the biggest disciplines that you have in your life? You know, I think I used to be really disciplined. I think... I'm actually like like what you said, Rachel. I think I'm trying to be a little bit more messy because I think I was extremely disciplined as a kid mm. because I was so used to working. And not in a bad way. Like nobody was forcing me. I think it was just like a natural like type A tendency that just sort of like launched itself because I was praised for, you know, you plant grows towards the light. It's like, oh, you're mm. so you're so disciplined, you're so whatever. And so I think I was like really type A student and like 
would never skip class, like, ever. I wouldn't go out. Like, I didn't drink a bunch at all. So I think in the last, like, couple years or so, just letting myself... I And now I'm swinging back. Like, I think I sort of went to a place where I just wanted to, like, not have to think about any of that ritual or <laughs> um, structure. And I think now I'm at a place where I think, like, going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time is really weirdly hard, mm-hmm. but super But they say that's important. Yeah, really good for you, right, at the same time. Yeah, and, like, morning pages, the mm-hmm. um, Julia Cameron, like, artist way. Mm-hmm. I think because I'm so in my head, I've started to look, just really look forward to that time of dumping my brain because then I find that I'm just less anxious throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, like, gives me some brain space. And these are all fairly recent. I, I feel like they're all pretty basic things. It's like exercise, like making an effort to at least do a short, like a sh- just because I've noticed, oh, this stuff actually works. Like the stuff that they say right. really does make a difference. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started doing athletic greens. Oh. And it does change my day. Really? I love it. Nice. Yeah. Those travel packs? They're great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I do a daily smoothie and add all that in. I do all the things because otherwise I'm unwell. I do better when I do the things. What are your things? What are your? Th- I love people's. I love to know what people's rituals are. I'm mm-hmm. like also like I love to know what people's snacks are. And what <laughs> yes, dinners you're are. speaking I'm, our language. I, are you my soulmate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, me too. If someone's like, I went here. I'm like, what you get to eat? Yeah. What you bring to know eat? Every you put in detail. your mouth. What we, yeah. Uh, for me, my biggest rituals are, I do a lot of prayer and meditation. I do, um, yoga. I do therapy. Mm -hmm. I do work with like a mentor in coaching and, you know, I definitely try to do all the things health-wise, you know, I'm not always good, but I exercise do the Peloton, put the greens in my smoothie, do the things that are going to make me feel the best that I can. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing you guys say all of it and the greens and the thing, and I'm like, shit, <laughs> I need to do more. <laughs> but like, I do love ritual. But for me, like the one thing in life that I look forward to is waking up in the morning and having my cup of coffee. Mm. You know what? It's so simple. But it brings me such joy that I am excited when I get in bed at night, knowing I prep it at night, knowing in the morning I press my button and I'm going to have my fresh coffee as soon as I wake up. And that brings me happiness, you guys. Yeah. There's no greens in it, but it's a ritual. It is like prepping it at night, waking up first thing. I am so, when I am in LA, like here I don't do it because, I don't know, New York's just a different vibe, but I would go on walks in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I loved, I loved that. Yeah. What I find is that when I was really disciplined, if I veered away from that, I would really beat myself up. And I find a tendency towards like 
just beating the shit out of my brain mm-hmm. of like what I haven't done or honestly that also attaches to social media of like this constant pressure to be like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm, I just posted something that I did two months ago. I probably should have said, oh, this was too bad. People are like, hey, are you at this place? I'm like, no, <sighs> I just wasn't on my phone and I'm not going to like yeah. beat myself up for not paying attention. But what I've started doing is just like the athletic greens. They do make a difference, but I'm like, hey, if I don't finish it all first thing, I'm not going to punish. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm just going to stop punishing myself and just try more the next day. And then it, I don't know, it just like, it takes this pressure off where I suddenly feel a lot more energized and have more space to actually do things that I care about. Because right. I think I just want to have more capacity to think about other people and do other things rather than being like, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And I just, I found like the last, probably since the pandemic of just being like beating myself up. I'm like, well, that didn't work. So we should try something else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One thing that I always look at in that is, is there contingency? Like self-love shouldn't be contingent upon how many greens the yoga, the this, the that, right? Self-love is self-love. So you can have a shit day and still love yourself. You can do absolutely nothing and still be kind to yourself. Like really removing contingencies. Yeah. And I think adding accountability is what I realized. Like even from earlier in the conversation when you're talking about school of like, oh, I want to do this. I realized my husband's a lawyer and... I think being self-employed is really hard. Mm -hmm. And it like, you are the master of your own time. There's no, like, unless there's a deadline just in general, I don't think people get things done. Right. Like, I think like there has to be a sort of consequence. I might be wrong on this and maybe this is just how my brain works. But what I sort of realized was like, I need a deadline or I need some sort of accountability Otherwise, time is just a weird thing for me. And so I've started just like putting in place, like scheduling things or having accountability with certain people just to keep me on on track. Even if it's just fake, stupid stuff, Mm -hmm. it continues a momentum. Because I'm like, I look at him sometimes and I see all these deals and I'm like, no, everything's just happening because someone is anxious. Like, no one would be doing this work unless there wasn't somebody going, hey, we need this right now. Mm. Right. Like, everybody sort of leaves things to the last minute anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, even on very important things. Oh, yeah. Or, like, politics. Like, just listening to different podcasts, you're like, oh, nobody, everybody's just trying to do the best. Yeah. They can. <laughs> right? Accountability's huge. So important. Olivia, you said you, you have mentors. Do you mm-hmm. have mentors, Rachel? How did you find them? Like, who are who are your people? Well, me, I mean, Olivia is my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, it's like every day. I can't do anything without her telling me. Uh, no, I mean, I was in therapy for a long time. I had a wonderful therapist who retired, and I'm searching for the next one. But Olivia definitely has more mentors uh, in her life than I do. <laughs> I mean, for me, I... I'm sober. So that's part of like 
what I do is you mentor someone and you get mentored. And so I've been really blessed. I wish that that program existed for just regular humans. Yes. Because I think it's really beautiful to always have an, a hand extended in both ways, one pulling you up and one pulling someone else up, I think is really valuable. And as far as outside of that, I don't know how else people get mentors <laughs> unless it's part of like, you know, a religion or a community or, you know, I also went to school for spiritual psychology, which there are people in that cool. that help you know, I, I personally think that I like to always be helped and be helping. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. She's good at it. I think there should be that in the film industry. I've mm. always mm -hmm. wondered why it's such a gatekeepy place. Right. Because once you actually meet people or work with people, I find them to be very helpful, especially with like young actors. Yeah. Because they're so impressionable. Right. And it's so new and their parents don't know what they're doing. Right. It's such a like scary place. And I was so fortunate, but I have people reach out to me all the time and I'm like, there really should like SAG should really set something. Up. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I know. There's a lot of areas I think that could use, you know, like that, like yeah. mental health and especially with younger kids in the business, childcare. Like if you really look at it under a microscope on its own, there's so many things, but yeah. And also I don't see any that are done out of, like I also have a mentor for writing, right? A woman that is incredible and we're helping each other. And it's such a beautiful relationship, so fulfilling. And it's so cool to have people are like, how can I help you? And it's not to get money or there's a lot of workshops in that industry. There's a lot of, you know, places that'll take your money to teach you how to do it. But there's not that much community of like, hey, I've done this. Uh -huh. Let me offer you advice or help on guidance. Uh -huh. There's, It's not a very helpful industry. Mm -mm. No, I think because it's so competitive. Right. Yeah. But it's like there's enough pie for everyone if we just change our consciousness around it, right? Yeah, it's always the scarcity mindset, which is just capitalism. So I guess <laughs> it makes sense. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I I fully agree. Like I think I've been kind of frustrated. Yeah, I think the community aspect and mentorship I think is so important for the longevity of like healthy relationships. I think a healthy mindset, all of that. Um, but I've been thinking about that a lot because it does feel great to reach up and reach down. It's like they can both exist at the at the same time. But it does, it's weird. It's like, I don't know. It also feels like there's this unspoken language that you can't ask for help right? or right. offer to help. You know, there's also the other side where you offer to help and you're like, Oh my God, stop calling me. Like, <laughs> no, I can't get you that. Like, I'm, it's beyond yeah. my control. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's about being mindful of who you offer your help to. Fully. Yes. Consciousness. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to have a little fun and ask you a few questions before we let you go. Um, if you could live in one movie that you've made, which would it be? Um, definitely Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but I wouldn't <gasps> want to be my character. <laughs> that 
That's a great answer. I want. I would like to go. I mean, I would like yeah, to experience that same. too. I, I mean, mean, who yeah. wouldn't? Who wouldn't? That's awesome. Rob's turn. <laughs> What's your favorite Michelin star restaurant? My favorite Michelin star restaurant? Uh, favorite fancy restaurant. Yeah, just go for Like you're going to a nice dinner, date oh night. My gosh. Where do you go? A date night? Where do I go? I'm going to plug my friend's restaurant, Atrium, because it's in LA and I love it. It's delicious. Atrium. Have you been? No. Rob, have you? It's great. Rob? No. Huh? Where is it? It's in Los Feliz. It's in Los Feliz. I have been here, actually. Is it on Franklin? Uh, it's off Hill, uh, Vermont. Hillhurst. Right Vermont. by the uh, Taco Sumadre and Los Feliz 3, right? Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I have to be honest, like, my favorite, probably, like, my actual favorite date would be, like, getting pizza, taking the ferry, and then seeing a movie. There's this, like, movie on the water in New York. Oh, oh my God. fun. I want to go to New York and do that. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah. Let's Get go some, to like, New York. Yeah. Holly G's Pizza. I do love a fancy restaurant, but, like, honestly, I never thought that my adult life I would eat so much pizza. <laughs> it's so it's good. Great. So good. Yeah. And you're in New York. That's why you need the athletic greens and exercise. Oh, gosh. Yes, exactly. Actually, I've had a parasite for the last month. <gasps> I just found out. Oh, the New York no. City Health Department called me. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. It was wild. What the? Well, but I finally get to eat again. It's been awful. Parasites Where did you real. get it? Do you know? I don't know. No. There's like, because there's like a window of time. Right. And I thought it was just really bad food poisoning. <gasps> and they're really hard to detect. Like uh-huh. it takes a while to figure it out. Brutal. Oh my God. So awful. So, but so now I'm, I'm like, that's what, that's why I'm thinking about pizza because I can finally, <laughs> I have to wait uh, probably another like two weeks and then I can eat it. Oh my oh, God. I'm Poor so thing. <laughs> I want New York pizza. Me too, right yeah. now. <laughs> All right, Lou, you go. What are your thoughts on aliens? And do you think that they exist? And do you think they're already among us? Um, I definitely think there's something else out there. Although, if they were already out there, I feel like they would know we're here. And we would know they're here. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems so myopic to think that we're the only thing in the entire universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also love Men in Black, like big fan. <laughs> I love Men in Black. I remember when I first moved to New York and I saw the saucers, you know, at the... Right. I just... It's great. <laughs> You're like, yes, all in on aliens. <laughs> yeah. Um, weirdest place you've peed, i.e. have you ever had a public potty accident? Weirdest place I've peed. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I actually, it was on my way to my wedding. Um, I was on the FDR highway yeah. in Manhattan and the traffic was so bad and I had to pee so badly and we're in bumper to bumper traffic. Like there was no option. And so I bent down, we were in the car and I got my Nalgene bottle. Like it's, I mean, it holds, I don't know, like 36 ounces or something crazy. And I squatted, I put on my sun hat to try to protect because people could just like <laughs> fully see in. And I peed and I was just going and going and going. And I was like, Trevor, I think I'm going to spill. It's going to, it's going to overflow. He's like, there's no way you could fill that whole thing. 
And I did. <gasps> and I pulled it out and I was like trying to, it was a rental car. And I was like trying to be so careful <laughs> about not spilling it. I got that whole thing filled and I didn't spill and I was so proud of myself. Wow. But that was probably the most tense place I've I've peed. And also I was like, wow, my bladder, I was so impressed. It can hold so much. Yeah, five foot two of you with all that pee. I know. I was like, oh, I can't fit a baby in here. Like a (laughs) Nalgene bottle is about that size. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. (laughs) For sure. If you had to to pick a Wes Anderson movie to live in, which would you pick? Probably the Grand Budapest Hotel. I haven't seen... um, Asteroid City yet? No, but I don't. It's a desert. I'm not. I'm not big into it's, deserts. He's getting too specific with <laughs> what he's doing now, <laughs> like living in within the Wes Anderson dollhouse. Maybe Moonrise Kingdom. I do love like a camp vibe. Camp vibe's good. I'd probably be Wet Hot American Summer camp vibe, but since we're Wes Anderson, that's not, that's not a Wes Anderson movie. Right? I know, but you said camp vibe, and that's just where my brain goes. That movie is so funny. I hadn't seen it. Like until a couple of years ago. <gasps> what it's a so class. Like, I know. It's the best. I want you brilliant. inside me. Sorry. I just. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Here I go again. Do it again, <laughs> Rachel. Here you go again. There it no, is. It's just, I know. It's just funny. That's a funny line from the movie. Oh, God. So many good lines. Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, what is one thing that you've struggled to change? Oh. Uh, I'm like, what haven't I struggled to change? (laughs) Um, Like beating myself up. I think that's a really hard thing to let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe spending habits. Oh. That's that's hard to change. Mm. Um, Yeah. Those are good. Have you changed them? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's your most embarrassing purchase? My most embarrassing purchase? Or splurge or you said spending habits. I almost bought a new apartment and then I backed off. (laughs) So actually, maybe I did change. There you go. (laughs) There's your example. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. This has been so, so awesome. And you are just such a delight and so are you. I love listening to the podcast. I listened to the Christina Ricci podcast oh. and a couple of the other episodes. And I was like, this is such a nice, chill environment to talk about all of the things. We like to keep it pretty safe and open and hopefully fun at times. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. so good. I'm so happy you reached out. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just, I can't even believe so that you saw it after all that time. I'm just happy that you did. And it's so nice to see you as always. You're such a wonderful person and the warmest heart. And we're just so happy that you came to talk to us today. Me too. Have a good day. You too. Bye, Rob. (laughs) Bye. How has everybody's week been? (laughs) What? You sounded like a robot. This is like the AI version of our post. I'm a robot. <laughs> I almost put an offer on the house and you weren't even what? part of it. Why are you withholding information from me? I'm angry, especially when it comes to houses. Mm-hmm. What, Westlake? No. Where? 
uh, Wilden Hills, like up kind of like Topanga Mulholland. Excuse me. You didn't even like send me a listing. I Okay. I have a, I have massive issue with this. I almost got it. What do you mean you almost got it? I love the house. The yard's not big enough. Hold on. You actually put an offer on the house? No, but we almost did. Can you send me the listing right now? I'm taking like massive offense to this. I stopped at Woodland Hills on Saturday on the drive back. You Why slept? didn't you tell me, you weirdo? What do you I, mean you we slept to, in Woodland Hills? To use the bathroom at the Whole Foods. Oh, you stopped. I thought you said you slept. Slept, no. Slept. I was at Whole Foods. On Saturday morning? No, Sunday morning. You can't tell from the pictures how precious this house was. Um, I like this house. This house is nice. Isn't it great? Yeah. What happened? How many bedrooms? Four bedrooms. Four bedrooms, three baths. Olivia. Lou, what happened? Yeah. I don't understand. There's only the pool. There's no other play space for the kids. It's just a pool? Yeah. If you look at the backyard, uh, it's just a pool. Is there a front yard? There's a front yard, but it's like landscape. Uh, that's not great because of Sheppy Shep. Weren't you going to move into a like apartment in she Santa was. Monica, though? Yeah, but that's different if you're at a beach. Oh, it's so cute. It's really I know. Cute I house. have a problem. You guys agree with me that it's a great house, huh? And it's, it's a really good location, cute. like up in the hills of Topanga. But what about the fact that it doesn't have a yard? Well, what's more important, a pool or a yard? A pool. Right. Yeah, you got the pool, and there's a lot of space. There's a lot of, like, you have this, like, porched bar area. Like, turn that into a playroom. That's what I was saying. How cute is that little bar room? Yeah, that you have, like, that's basically yard space. Going back to it. I know. I want that house. Jeff's not on board. Oh, he's not? Why? Because there's no yard? Because there's no yard for the kids. <laughs> is it more space than your current house inside? Same amount of space, but an extra room. Oh, it's the same mm-hmm. amount of space. Got a playroom then. Interesting. I don't mm-hmm. love this master bedroom decor. Which one? The one that steps down. You, If you see it in person, it looks great. Uh, I don't no, think the, the picture the, looks like, great. Gray curtains and the blue velvet chair and the red velvet oh, bedding. Oh, yeah. Well, that's we wouldn't have that in there. How cute is that little bar room, though? So cute. The little tiki room. Yeah. Yeah. See, it doesn't look like that in person. It looks better. You don't even. No, I don't even tell you. Tell me. Why don't you tell me? I'm busy. No. Busy, busy, busy. No. The front yard is also huge. Like, there's a. That front area. Well, that's what they were saying. Like, you could re landscape it. But part of the charm of the house is like, it's so cute walking up. It's like storybook. Right. Yeah, it would it would be a bummer to re-landscape some of that, but there's enough of it where you could leave it around the house and then like take some of it for a swing set. That's true. Why didn't I see the front? I went to the Redfin listing. Oh, that that would be helpful. I should do that. Yeah, you could fence in the front and put a swing set and just put That's grass. That's what Lorena said is fence in the front. I'm upset with you. I know. I'm upset with myself that he, Jeff doesn't want it. It's crazy how much more space you get in Woodland Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm upset that I didn't know. And you know how I feel about these things. 
I know. I went and saw like six houses this week. What? Mm-hmm. I do. I feel like I don't even know you. Well, I mean, you're off gallivanting in Canada, barely answering text messages. That's why. That's not true. Anyways. Okay. So Olivia is, has been a different person all week. I don't even know her. It's great. Rob <laughs> was in Santa Barbara. Yeah. How was that? It was good. Chris and Genevieve came up one of the Aww. nights with their little girl, Vu. We went to the beach and got more pizza from Lucky Penny. <laughs> nice. It was that good? Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's a good, like, bunch of people need to eat. So it's easy to make decisions. And Natalie just doesn't eat the cheese? No, they had uh, plenty of dairy free oh, good. options. Did you say their daughter's name is Vuv? Uh, Vuka. That's cute. Mm-hmm. And her and Calvin got along great. They got around. I get around. <laughs> um, awesome. Did you guys do your homework? Yes. I did. You did? I did. All right, are we ready to have a discussion on the Mandela effect? Mandela effect. Wait, but did did you have any homework, Rob? No. Did you make your bed, Rachel? I sure did. Every day? You haven't been reading our texts. She sent us pictures twice. Of her bed? Yeah, yes. that was it, though. I've been making the bed every day. I didn't get those pictures. You just haven't been looking at your phone. You've been looking at houses. <laughs> Angry. Angry. Don't even know you. It's like I cheated on you. Yeah, it it, it li- literally that is what happened. Huh. Anyway, I have been making my bed and I feel better. Don't you? Yeah. I don't sleep so well lately. When you make your bed? No. You're allowed to get in it at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've just been sleeping on top of the made bed so you don't have to do it the next day. No, we'll see. So what happened last <laughs> night is there are snakes that are sometimes in the house. Oh, hell no. <laughs> what? No. And they're harmless, and we haven't seen them in a really long time. There's nothing harmless about that. How big How big are these snakes? I'll show you a picture. Briar has held it. Like, it's fine. They're, they're harmless. Well, this is an audio podcast, so let's describe it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's about... I'm trying to think. Um, it was big. Bri- uh, I don't know. Like three feet, three but feet, real skinny? Sure. Yes, sure. Call it Like that. a shoelace? Sure. Yes. Anyway, Briar's aunt the other day brought it up to me. was like, do you ever think about it? Like at night? Like, do you check your bed every night? And I was like, oh my God. Like, I totally freaked out because I hadn't been thinking about it, you know, and they've only been downstairs really. But then last night I was up at 2 a.m. and I had to pee and I was like, I'm too scared to go pee. What if there's a snake? (laughs) So I was up for the next hour and a half having to pee so bad. (laughs) Till finally I took my flashlight on my phone and I like looked around, you know, and I ran. And then I was like, what if it's in the toilet? Do you guys ever have that fear that there's a snake in the toilet? No. You've never had that thought? I'll sometimes, (laughs) for like spiders. I don't care about spiders. If it's a place I don't know. But you're fine. You don't think about snakes in a toilet. Not snakes, no. (laughs) No. Okay. Well, that's just me. And I, I don't yeah. think about snakes. Well, I don't either. And I honestly forgot about this one. But then it was brought to my attention. And then I was up and I was really mad that I had to think about it. I would leave. That's fine. They're harmless. I just don't want to run into them. I don't understand what you mean by harmless. I find that psychologically damaging. 
Okay. I mean, I don't totally disagree. We've had alligator lizards in the house. You've had many. Supposedly, they got a nasty bite. Yep. That's what Dominic Monaghan said. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Our expert. Yeah, I don't know, man. So anyway, I didn't sleep last night. But you did your homework. But I did my homework. I've been making my bed, and I watched the Mandela Effect stuff. I didn't realize Mandela Effect came from the Nelson Mandela theory that people thought he died in prison, but he was actually alive. How did you feel about uh, John Wilson? He's a very particular uh, style I, of honestly, documentary making. I went away from it being like, can we have him on the podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I would like, I would really like to talk to this person. His voice reminded me of, who did it? It reminded me of someone. I'm like, who am I? Oh, Nathan for you. Well, Nathan Fielder uh, is executive producer on that show. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Did you say that before? I think I might have, but maybe you not. You might have. Anyway, that's what I was thinking of while I was listening to it, while I was watching. That's funny. Yeah, it's got Nathan Fielder vibes for sure. I can't get over that it's craft. It's not craft. It's That Stouffer's. is a bunch of boo hockey. It's Stouffer's. Stuffing. It's never been craft. Like what? That was mind-blowing. No, that's not real. That was mind-blowing. Here's another thing that was mind-blowing to me. This happened to me, and I, now I want to know if you guys have a thought on this. Because, like, memory, whatever. Randomly, when things just pop in your brain out of nowhere, like, last night I was laying in bed and I couldn't sleep, and all of a sudden it transported me to a parking lot, Lou, in Van Nuys, where Cold Stone Creamery and Laser Tag and Noah's Bagels and, Mm -hmm, you know, that mm -hmm. shopping center, the parking lot behind it, in a split second, it transported me to that parking lot. I haven't been in that parking lot probably 15 years, but for some reason my brain just went into that parking lot. What do you think that means? (laughs) <laughs> I think it means you had a memory yeah. flashback. <laughs> she, she's never, she hasn't had a memory in a long time, so no, she's not also, sure what this was. No, but like, yeah, it, don't it's think, also Sherman Oaks, not Van Nuys. What? <laughs> it's Van Nuys. Well, is it considered Sherman, Sherman Oaks? Oaks? Fine. Yeah, whatever. Boulevard. Well, it's past Van Nuys Boulevard, so I had that in my head. Whatever. Um, Weird though, like I'm just my my point is like when random things pop out of nowhere for no reason, like why does that happen? What's well, what usually a sensory thing that's happening? I don't know, or maybe something was like happening there right that second, and I like psychically felt it. Or there was like a a tear in the multi dimensional universe, and you like slightly went in there and then went back. But uh, how bad did you guys want to be at that convention? <laughs> oh my god. Wait, when the woman (laughs) asked about the internet, like, where is all of it? Where is it stored? Like, I think that all the time. And I was like, I want to (laughs) know. And she's like, crystals. The mind boggles, you guys. Where is... I like that you... (laughs) I like that you walked away like, oh, they have got a point. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I fully did. I was like, I want to be there so bad it hurts me. You want to be there as a joke? Because I wanted to be there for real. <laughs> Jeff was like, Olivia, the, it's your people right there in that <laughs> room. These are your people. Well, yeah, you you very easily. I mean, you almost did it last week and we cut it out. Almost went down a QAnon uh, <laughs> tunnel. <laughs> Olivia did. Where <laughs> <laughs> you presented us a conspiracy theory that was definitely... Just because I present a conspiracy theory doesn't mean that Wait, I believe it. I'm just presenting one? it to explore. <laughs> There's another one you presented like years ago and it had something to do with like Wayfair. 
<laughs> yeah, the is it the Wayfair like buying? Oh, buying the children, human trafficking. Yeah, human trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> is that real? Yeah, I don't think I presented that. I think I just like <laughs> let you know about these things existing. <laughs> I didn't think I was like, guys, they're buying children on Wayfair. <laughs> but I did, yes, I did probably show you. That you that's definitely showed me theory. I. I'm fascinated by conspiracy theories. I've never really bought into one, but I like exploring them with people. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. That's fair. You know? As long as you're not like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. We have to do something about it, which was not what you were doing last week, but it was close enough. No, all I did was say, what are your thoughts <laughs> on this? The narrative is such. It was more though, like we should go buy tickets to this movie and see if they... <laughs> Have it canceled no, because the air conditioning out. That. I never said that. I said, what are your thoughts on this? This is what people are saying. I didn't yeah. say, let's go buy tickets. And Are you curious at all to see that movie, though? I'm not curious to see the movie. I got curious because it definitely screamed that when you presented it to us. So I looked into it further and there's a whole bunch of NPR stuff on it and yeah, how that's essentially what it is. Did you see Barbie or Oppenheimer? No, not yet. Natalie went and saw Barbie. And? She liked it. Enough. She did? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer in 70mm IMAX next week. <laughs> Jeff. What? I said I still want that house. And what do you say? I said, I'm concerned we're missing a great opportunity. He says, we're not. Let it go. It's a great idea. It's a great house. It's not great for our family. On second reflection, the house is wonky. Not optimal placement or size for that bar room. No yard, no storage, and actually downsizing. He just, he goes very deep into a lot of details of why. Well, maybe he has a point. (sighs) Whatever. You guys will have to watch. There's another episode of How To with John Wilson where he's got this little lady that lives below him. His landlord. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the real estate one. You got to watch the episode. Like, I think it's the final one and it's right before COVID. Is it the How To Make Risotto? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's cute. Yeah. She seems like she'd be Rachel's spirit animal. That's, I mean, already I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just need to get HBO Max in your region. You can't. They don't have it in Canada. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did not. That seems kind of crazy. I don't understand. That happens sometimes. Like, or Netflix, they'll be like, sorry, this isn't playing there. And I'm like, motherfuckers. You guys, there was a tornado warning the other night. It was the craziest storm. Did I tell you this? You told me there was a warning. Yeah, there was a warning. It was a very crazy storm. And right now there was just a lot of thunder. So it made me think of it. Well, leave. (laughs) <laughs> you know what uh when it storms the snakes head inside i already didn't sleep i'm not gonna sleep again they like to nest in bedding Ew. upstairs especially stop. during storms stop you haven't heard this there's an episode of how to with john wilson about <laughs> that he writes down everything he's done every single day of his life yes. what that's did you not yeah. watch the episode I couldn't watch the whole episode because I'm in Canada. Yeah, I just sent her um, clips on YouTube to piece it together. Yeah, he writes down every day what he does. Wow. I want to talk to him. If you're listening, call him. You got to DM him. Do you hear that thunder? 
It was so loud. You didn't hear it? Oh my goodness. Any heel holder. <laughs> Rob finally did it. <laughs> did you steal my brown sweatsuit? No. It's my brown sweatsuit. Mine has the right mine has the oh. writing. No. No. Mine has the writing. Well, that was Anna Sophia Rob. <laughs> it's fitting. She she uh lives in New York and so does John Wilson. So there we go. Full circle, everybody. Synchronicity, guys. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Thanks, everybody.